Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond to dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. I am Lloyd Lee Wilson. Friends call me Lloyd Lee, and I'm a conservative Quaker from Friendship Friends Meeting in Greensboro, North Carolina, as you all have heard. <clears throat> that meeting has recognized me as a minister of the gospel, and they have released me to be with you all today by means of a travel minute, which I've shared with your meeting clerk asking for an endorsement to take back to friendship. I'm a devout Christian in large part because there was a place for me in Quakerism when I was not Christian. But that's a story for another day. But Christian vocabulary and the Christian metaphor are the best expressions I know for the divine reality that I have encountered. And they are the spiritual language in which I am at most nearly fluent. So I'm gonna speak Christian. I'm gonna ask that you listen in tongues, no matter what your vocabulary or metaphor. North Carolina conservative friends practice radical hospitality by encouraging everyone to speak of the vocabulary that is most comfortable for them, while we all commit to listening in tongues. That's sort of the reverse of Pentecost. Instead of me trying to speak a variety of spiritual languages all at once, we all listen in a way that translates the spoken word in whatever spiritual language into our own native tongue. <clears throat> I'm with you all today because the religious faith of my childhood failed me as a young man. I spent a considerable time looking for something adequate to replace it. I visited other Christian groups. I searched in a number of faith traditions. I sought guidance from wise men and wise women wherever I could find them but nothing seemed relevant to my situation. And I despaired of ever getting help or ever getting out of my predicament. At a key moment, the divine revealed itself to me in an unexpected way. And I was set on a new course, which I'm still following over 50 years later. Several hundred years ago, a young man named George Fox had a very similar experience at the same stage of his life. After a long time of searching unsuccessfully for some reliable source of wisdom and guidance relevant to his own life and situation, 
he realized that there was one, even Christ Jesus, who could speak to his condition. George had not found that guidance earlier because he had been looking in the wrong places. His second great realization was that he could receive God's guidance directly without mediation by other people or books or other writings because Christ had come to teach his people himself. And this set George on a new course, which he followed for the rest of his life. These two truth claims undergird everything in the peculiar faith tradition we know as Quakerism. Christ understands us better than anything or anyone else ever could, more accurately and more completely and more empathically. And Christ has already come himself to teach us how to live. These are the foundation stones of whatever is distinctive about our Quaker faith, worship, and our practice. But what do they mean? When my own experience, Christ can speak to my condition, is relevant to my life and situation. Because in Jesus, God became fully human as well as divine. God understands my human fatigue and pain and frustrations because as Jesus, God experienced those same things. But Christ is not limited to historical events 2,000 years ago. And the great Quaker preacher James Naylor affirmed, if I cannot witness Christ nearer than Jerusalem, I shall have no benefit of him, no benefit of him. But we do witness Christ here and now with us. Most of Christianity confesses a risen Christ who departed from this world at the ascension to return at some future date, often called the second coming. But friends proclaim that Christ has come again already and is here among us now as teacher, guide, advocate, and companion. Christ's presence right now in a broken world in the role of teacher tells me that we humans have a role in bringing about the kingdom of God in this world right now, because we can know Christ intimately in our own lives in the present moment, instructing us directly about what to do and when to do it. But how do I live in that reality? How do I worship a God who is already with me and among us all the time? ready to teach us what we need to do at that time we need to do it. How can I live in a way that enables me to receive that teaching and carry it out? How do I live a life that reflects that the teacher is available to teach everyone who is willing to learn? Outwardly, our Quaker response to these questions has come in the form of testimony Friends have believed that one, if one truly listened and followed this divine guidance, one's entire life would be changed. We would fully possess the new life that we professed. Our testimony is our account in word and deed 
of the changes that God has accomplished in us through his immediate guidance. The Quaker testimony has many forms and we'll talk about some specific aspects of the testimony this afternoon, God willing, equality, simplicity, and more. But our testimony is most, most fully embodied in our practice of worship. And that's what I want to talk about now. <clears throat> Living with the immediate and perceptible guidance of the Holy Spirit has led to a distinctive practice of what friends call waiting worship, the setting aside of all else to devote one's full attention listening for God's instruction and hearing it clearly. Now this fundamental practice has several names, open worship, silent worship, unprogrammed worship, and, and so on. And among conservative Quakers, the preferred term is waiting worship. If Christ has come to teach us, it is our role to learn and act accordingly to quiet ourselves and wait for instruction. We practice waiting worship as individuals, in families and other small groups, and as the gathered faith community. It takes place spontaneously as well as at predetermined times and places. But preparation for this form of worship becomes part of every hour of every day, inwardly, a spirituality of subtraction comes to characterize one's life, constantly asking of everything, does this help me or hinder me in the attempt to hear and respond to the teacher? Anything that hinders must be discarded, subtracted from one's life. To be able to give our full attention to God in worship, we must eliminate all those other things which might proclaim our attention or some part of it during that time. We experience God's teaching as immediate meaning in the moment, as well as immediate meaning without any intermediary. Because God might break in with guidance at any moment, it is dangerous to plan ahead that some of our time in worship will be spent in congregational singing or responsive readings. God might have had different plans for that moment. Because God might use anyone in the room in an as an instrument, it is risky to ask any specific person to prepare a message ahead of time to be presented during worship. God may have had some other person in mind. Many friends limit their activities even before worship to avoid stirring up thoughts or emotions that might be distracting to their attention during worship. So most of our time in waiting worship is spent in outward silence, but that silence is not empty of content or devoid of deep meaning. In this listening state, we hear more clearly the instruction God is offering to us that God is offering to other in the meeting as individuals and to the gathered community as an outpost of the kingdom of God called together to be leavened for the world, a model and an invitation of others into a new way of living. We continue in listening 
until the elders seasoned in discerning the corporate condition signal the end of this time by shaking hands. To break the silence of waiting worship requires the immediate inspiration of God. And we know from experience that that inspiration may lead any individual at any moment to preach, pray, sing, engage in some symbolic action, or even to dance. Therefore, some elements of a typical Protestant worship service are missing. We don't need to invoke God's presence. God is with us always, even to the ends of the earth. We do not need to sing congregational hymns of praise as God already knows our level of devotion. And we dare not recite a prayer or creed in unison, which may not express the true condition of each worshiper. We know from experience what friends, what Fox would have called experimental knowing that God is already with us, ready to offer perceptible guidance without any intermediary, written or human, whenever we are willing to listen. So our worship is waiting, waiting upon the Lord, listening to hear what lesson is store for us today. This may sound difficult, uncertain, and hard to master. It is. I recorded in my journal that it took me at least 1,000 meetings for worship to finally get a grasp of what was really going on and how to participate in it fully. It's hard. It's also the embodiment of the great insights that George Fox realized as a young man. God knows us and what we need, and God has come to be among us and to teach us personally. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.